and uh, cut the audio output there. So we'll just talk freeform, whatever, uh, and then I can go back and edit it later. Yeah. So uh, you are. You are. How do I? How do you identify? What's your name? Are you recording? Yeah, like I said, we're just gonna freeform, just talk right now, and Oof. everything is <laughs> everything else is gonna get handled yeah. later on. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, um, yeah. My name is Liam Rockwell. Hi, Liam Rockwell. Hi. So I've had the great pleasure of knowing you for almost a year now. I met you in November, and we live on land together in Chimicum, Washington, which is really cool. And so, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna doing a podcast and just recording things a lot of it is just stuff of my own but then also I want to have an element where I bring other people in other voices and ask questions talk about ideas that kind of thing I think you know a lot of podcasts like they do interviews with famous people because that draws in more listeners and I think hey you know everybody has a unique and interesting valuable perspective and I especially love the the, the perspectives of the people most immediate in my life, and you're one of those people. And so yesterday, I did the same kind of thing with Alex and sat down and actually asked him about the same question that I'm going to ask you about today, which is uh, about guru. And so I guess the first simplest question then is, what does that word mean to you? Guru. Yeah. Hmm. You can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. When I think about guru, the first thing I think about is teacher. Mm -hmm. Like, not all teachers are gurus, but I think gurus are often teachers. Right. Um. But also, like something else, something of like. They have access to some t something, some mm -hmm. knowing or knowledge or story that is um, capable of bringing a different kind of experience in someone else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the first thing that came to mind, uh, you know, and you know, you come across this in a lot of different places. Uh, I think what's coming to mind for me right now is like Marcus Aurelius uh, in his meditations he recommends that if you're going to learn something from someone it's best to learn that thing from a master mm -hmm. someone who has the depth of of knowledge like what you're talking about so that when you're trying to to, to acquire this knowledge yourself you're learning it f you know from the most reliable source someone had a fair amount of time to like integrate and like get to a space of like strong consideration of all the different implications of whatever you're trying to talk about whether it be like philosophy or like mathematics yeah. or sandal making whatever right yeah although often i think crafts is it, it often like mastery, master artisans? That's one kind of category which could be a guru, but guru is those most often in the spiritual realm, at least in terms of my like knowledge of it. Right. Like, yeah. To use that word, like they're a guru, like kind of 
often is like right so are there uh for you uh when you think of guru as a person an embodied being um what what comes to mind for you have you do you have any guru experience or uh any any persons that you look to either you know contemporary or in history I haven't really I would say I haven't really followed any guru in terms of using that language mm -hmm. like there's many people that have been powerful inspirations and like really have brought forward something that I'm like I don't know where you're coming from with that but I like it Hmm. Like that's really what's what's to an me. example of that for you? Um, for me, the strongest I think is Don Miguel Ruiz. Hmm. Um, he's right. the person who wrote the Four Agreements, mm -hmm. and those books came into my life at like just the right time. Yeah. And what What was that time for you? It was for me post college, breaking up with the girlfriend, moving out of Olympia. Right. Um, and the exact scene that I was tr struggling with was the uh the oncoming understanding that my worth is like coming from another person being away in a relationship with me that's mm. a very confusing way to say that i didn't love myself mm. yeah and i didn't understand that I didn't i was in connection with it and that's one of the core practices of, I think, the Toltec perspective that he's bringing is that you um, kind of share what you do not hold for your own self. And he has his own uh, understanding to describe what it's like to not have self-love and then what it means to be in self-love and the ways to go about raising that capacity. And it was just like... Damn, that's what's going on. Yeah, and it was very powerful. Yeah, and, and I've been set. It set me on a course that feels very different than where I was going before. Wow. And um, I'm not. He's the closest person I have to a guru. Mm -hmm. Right. In my life, I have very many teachers that I like pick from in the agriculture realm is like Joel Salatin, um, Mark Shepard, mm -hmm. um, John Ten Fortier, so many different like pioneers in like agricultural realm. Yeah. Um, when you, uh, when you mentioned Don Miguel Ruiz and you're talking about the four agreements, it, it's funny because for me, you know, I've I've read that book a few times over several years, and uh, anytime somebody asks me about it now, it, I almost feel like it's just it's shorthand for like what I have, what I recognize is one of my own shortcomings. They'll say, "Oh, have you have you read the Four Agreements? Do you know about the Four Agreements?" And I'm like, "Yes, I know," and I'm terrible about taking things personally. <laughs> I know exactly what you're trying to tell me that you know, like, because one of those Four Agreements is not to take things personally mm -hmm. and. I just I live with my heart on my shoulder. <laughs> so the the wisdom that, that that he has to impart there is something that it you know it's 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 really uh you know, 
like I said, I've read the book several times over several years. It's one of those 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 lessons that you can just come back to over and over and over again and see how like that room for uh, self transformation is still available. Um, yeah, but it sounds like you know from your exposure to to, to his wisdom, uh, what he's had to share that, that that process of transformation has has really started to take effect for you. Yeah, I'd say like more specifically, like he brought forward um, a space of like this matters mm. to your experience and this is important right and I didn't have that before and so a sense of like understanding of like how this part of um, like my space my story my experience mm -hmm. like if you pay attention to this area like giving yourself compassion and love that is gonna cascade across all of the things like where do you put your attention in order to facilitate like right livelihood or best living yeah and he has a perspective that i appreciate in that yeah i think kind of that's kind of the area where gurus kind of do their work like how should we live how should we be which is diff a little different than like prophets which are like this is what's happening this is what's coming up Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's... they kind of like, they're different, but they right. are kind of in similar-ish categories, maybe? So I mentioned this when I was talking with Alex. Uh, the word guru, as as was explained to me at one point, if you take the, the syllables of, so you got gu and ru, and, and gu basically like points to the darkness and ru points to the light. And so the guru is the being that that brings you from the darkness to the light mm. that enlightens some aspect i guess ultimately you know like especially when you're thinking of like a spiritual guru uh someone who you know has that mastery you know lives with that clarity of of sight and vision uh perspective on you know life and reality and 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 all of these things and can transmit that to you in some way that that you can kind of start to take it on as your own mm. What was Rue was being? I think no, light. light. Yeah, I think it was light. Yeah. So goo was darkness. So from darkness to light. I see. So the guru brings you from the darkness to the light. Like, what language is that? I think it's uh, Sanskrit. It's like mm. Hindu. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I think also there's something about in terms of these are the word guru, mm -hmm. like in the culture. Mm. of a people like you mean like in society now our western culture or or just in general like it doesn't seem like a western concept right for like a guru right like to use that language to call someone that yeah and that like almost doesn't have the same meaning in like washington state mm. as it would i think in somewhere in india right 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 like there is an understanding like what that means and all the all the like appropriate so like m like manners you have with someone who's like that and you know like sure do Are they you, call themselves a guru i don't know some of them do i mean it's not it's not common you know here in in the united states that like to you know if i was to call myself a guru it would sound pretty self-aggrandizing are you familiar with um 
with Ramdas? No. No? Okay. So Ramdas was this guy who he had been in his professional career, he was a, a professor at Harvard back in like the fifties and early sixties. And then he worked with Timothy Leary in the psychology department or whatever. And Timothy Leary, do you know that name? He he's basically the person who like turned the United States on to LSD in in the nineteen okay. sixties. So these guys did a lot of self experimentation with a lot of different substances. And then uh, later on in the sixties, Ramda uh, Richard Alpert having they, so they both got cast out of Harvard because there were some ethical challenges with the kinds of work that they were doing. <laughs> That's a very good way to put it. Yeah, and uh, so 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 Richard Alpert gets a bottle of like pure Sandoz Lab LSD and starts wandering around India um, to like try to figure out like. Hey, what's what is this magic bottle that I'm holding? Like, what is this? Where is it taking us? Because Young had given Leary and, and Alpert a copy of um, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, and they realized, like, studying this book, that the Bardo states, like, some of the substances that they were taking them, or that they had been ingesting, were taking them into these kinds of like mental realms that very much mapped onto what they were learning about from the Bardo, from the the Book of the Dead. So he takes the LSD out to India and starts giving it to like every, you know, every guru looking, you know, person with the matted hair or Buddhist monk or whatever. Be like, here, try this and tell me, tell me what it means. Like, help me decode this chemical. What is this experience? What is it showing me? And some of these guys, you know, some of these monks were like, oh, meditation is way better. You'll get way more places than this can only take you is one place. And some of them would be like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Can I have some more? <laughs> And finally, he winds up. Um, he winds. He he meets. He meets this other Westerner, this guy, uh, and they they like sadhu out and bum around India for a couple of months until the younger guy uh, is like, "Oh no, my visa! I've got issues. I need to go see my guru." And so they drive up into this little mountain village um, in northern India near the Himalayas, and Richard Alpert's just like. This guy's guru, whatever, man. I've met enough of these crackpots at this point. Like, I'm not into it anymore. So he just stays out in the car while while the young guy goes to go see this dude. And then the next, like that night, the next morning, whatever. Finally, they talk him out of leaving the Land Rover and coming and meeting this guy. So his name was Neem Karoli Baba, and he was a Baba, and he would, you know, he that's what everybody called him. He 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 lived from temple to temple and just like. You know, the, the, he was fed mostly by, you know, like the people that were just like devoted to what he embodied. Hmm. Um, and as soon as Richard Alpert met him, he just like poof, got hit with this wave of presence of being. And it, he just like he just like dropped to his feet like, oh, wow, like this is it. I found the guy. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, for some people, there, there are those beings that really, um, you know, just like being around them. Um, just alters reality, you know. Right. Where like it shifts your experience. Yeah. In a, in a, in a significant way. Yeah, totally. That's... I in fact, so this Neem Crowley Baba guy that I'm talking about, he actually came to me in a dream once. Mm. Yeah. So I'll tell this story. Uh, at, you know. So when I meditate, a lot of times after I meditate, um, there will be a point where I'll, you know, like 
and I actually don't do this much anymore, but you know, like I'll prostrate, you know, like kneel forward and put my head down to the ground and all of that. And uh, so in this dream, he's got his hand on the back of my head and he's literally pushing my face down so that like my forehead and my nose are touching the ground. He's like, and it was, it was you know, I didn't hear a voice, but the words were like communicated to me. And he was very clearly saying like, if you're going to bow, go all the way down. Yeah. But at the same time, like this being with his hand on the back of my head, pushing my head into the ground, it's not in a forceful way. And I feel this like playful nature and love at the same time as I'm getting this, you know, like really humbling instruction. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was my experience. And I think maybe that's because I went to one of his temples out in New Mexico and like knelt down in front of the thing at some point. And then, you know, this was like half a year later, probably when I had this dream. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely pick up when someone's riding some other wave or listening to some other drum than you are. Yeah. For better or for worse. Right. And there's something powerful about accompaniment mm-hmm. in presence. Yeah. The the image that came into my mind as you were saying that is like, you know, here's somebody who's dancing to their own tune in such a strong way that just being around them, like you hear that tune and mm-hmm. you start dancing that dance yeah. as well. We have, we have such clear like connection with the people around us. Right. Uh, or at least we have that p- potential. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Unless there's some type of harm that... I, makes it to be withdrawn for some hat or cut. Uh, just to get access to something. I don't know. I'm not sure that the word is, is, is Hagen's experience is like, some sounds like it falls so far short. Mm. Like, being in conversation or being in being and in just in presence. Yeah. Um, How does that show up most for you in your life as you're living it right now? One thing that's been going on for me recently has been really looking to others, mm-hmm. particularly my partner, mm-hmm. uh, to provide that presence in the way that I'm wanting to uh, experience yeah, and to kind of ride on that wave. Um, which has been a source of a lot of conflict with me and a partner because she is doing her thing. I do my thing. I should do my thing more strongly and show up in a more uh, clear way. And so in the past couple of weeks, it's been kind of this 
circling of this aspect of like coming back more strongly into my own um, holding of presence. Yeah. And not as leaning into the stories of the and the kind of like connections and like mattering of the other people around me. <laughs> I think a lot of origins of that is like my own um, worry and fear and doubt, and it's easier to to kind of lean back onto. Um, the offerings of someone else's presence if if things are like more in discord and difficult in my own space mm. of course it got me into deep water with myself because then I lose that spark of life of that creation right? of like I'm actually unfolding the events to the way that I really need them to be or to fulfill what I wish to see and um, it's not one or the other. It's always a range of things. Um, and it's a gradient right. of how much into your own presence and holding space or in kind of in kind of connective association with someone else and like letting them take the lead right. or like hold let them hold space the the word that's me. the word that's coming up in my mind right now is authenticity mm-hmm. and i feel like to, to to my ear like what i'm hearing you say speaks a lot to um you know finding the space within yourself to connect with what is your most authentic uh, inner reality expression um like yeah like where do you find your authentic truth in who and how you are uh, in the moment mm-hmm. without letting, yeah, you know, like all of the external factors and other energies kind of subsume you um, from that presence of, of your own authentic truth. Yeah. And having that being really coming forward in a clearful ease. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes or it is. Or with an easeful clarity. Even that. Yeah. Ideally. Right. Uh, not always the case, uncommonly, I would say, but sometimes accessible. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Because um, I think it's both um, being accompanied, but also coming with your own truth. I think that's the ideal. Mm-hmm. There's this phrase that I really enjoy that I didn't get for a while, but I think I understand it more now. Is like, um, we have to do it by ourselves, mm. and we can't do it alone. We have to do it by ourselves. We can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like no one else can like allow us or like inspire us into our own breathing in and experience of our own story. Right. And And that story's not happening in isolation. Yeah, it's in the, it was within the context of all the what's right. going around you and the people are also with us that are informing yeah. it as well yeah wow that's super important yeah liam thank you you're welcome thank you for your time and your insight i feel like this has been a really good conversation i hope you've enjoyed it Mm-hmm. i have 
good, good. Um, yeah, so this is I, for for me. This is fun. It's a fun little experiment. I think. I don't know. My hope, you know, is that having conversations like these and and shining awareness into these questions and and what they mean for us and having the ability to share it with other people, you know, might, you know, in some way, you know, even just for a moment, like bring up some new thought or some new perspective or the opportunity to realize like, hey, there's this other way uh, that I can, you know, harness my attention and focus my awareness and kind of find that clarity and understand that other people are going through similar things or have the same kinds of questions that I've got about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really appreciate your willingness to, to jump on and just see where it, see, see where it takes and just play with me and my microphone. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Cool. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. <laughs>